The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to the Totally Useless Information Podcast on the Nick and Roy channel. Subscribe and share. What is the same about every month that begins with a Sunday? Cappuccino monkeys wash their feet with what? I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. And we go out of our way to scour the internet for information you really don't need. Join Roy and I on this journey together as we discover useless information that's out there in this episode totally of Useless Information. It's everything you never needed to know. By listening once a week, you get smarter than you think. The Totally Useless Information Podcast, hosted by Nick and Roy. Well, hello there, and welcome once again to another episode of Totally Useless Information Podcast. I can't believe you stepped on the intro. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, we're totally professionals here, really, and I'll let you know when that starts. Animals, 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 crazy animals. I'm the Totally Useless Information Podcast. I'm going to start right off the bat. I'm going to go right to my teaser. I don't want to tease the audience. They're really nice people to subscribe and to email. Capuchin monkeys. They wash their feet every day. They're quite clean. <laughs> yes. They use their own urine to wash their feet. I knew it. I knew it had something to do with urine. <laughs> what they do is they use urine to get comfort for sex, according to research. But many species of monkeys rinse their feet and hands with their own waste by urinating on their hands and rubbing their feet. They feel good right after they pee on their feet. That's great, isn't it? You know, it's like, hey, <laughs> I'm feeling a little pissed off today. So, no, really, that's crazy. We come up with a bunch of these urine things, <laughs> and I don't want to hear any more. Listen, a tarantula... Tarantula spider can live for two years without food. So if you have a tarantula and it goes in like the garage and you go, well, we got him cornered now. He's dead. Yeah. Two years later, he's going to come out and bite your ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> There's no such thing as a hunger strike for a tarantula. It's just another Tuesday. Dragonflies and dameflies, when they mate, their two tails form a heart. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Yeah. The dragonfly sex is really a rough and tumble affair. If you've ever seen a pair of mating dragonflies in the act, you know that their sexual coupling requires flexibility and acrobatic skill like Cirque du Soleil. In the process, females are bitten, males get scratched, and sperm winds up everywhere. But they get the job done. Sounds like a, a fun evening. <laughs> Wow. Okay, I got one that's cool. You ever had a toothache? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, when an elephant gets a toothache, it's a toothache. The average elephant tooth 
can weigh as much as nine pounds. One tooth, nine pounds. Talk about being long in the tooth. Now, I, I mean, I know that that's not like, I mean, it, it's very interesting. An elephant tooth weighs nine pounds. It's not sperm, sperm and scratching and punching and kicking and sex all over the place. But it is interesting, folks, so. <laughs> it is. So up here in Canada, we have a lot of lynxes, L-Y-N-X. And if you look at their big feet, they have really big feet, big paws. And there's a reason for that. They're big paws. They can spread out, and they have nice big thick fur on them because they can walk around nicely in soft snow. Their feet are actually built to walk in snow, like natural snowshoes. Wow, wow. So let me link this one up. Okay. <laughs> Talk about a no segue. Ah, king of the segue. Listen, the blue whale weighs as much as 30 elephants. Okay, so an elephant's big, right? Yeah. Blue whale is as much as 30 elephants put together, and they're as long as three greyhound buses, three full-size buses. So 30 elephants and three buses. Okay, so take your link story. <laughs> we have a big whale. We have a whale of a story. <laughs> Talk about my dating. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, scratching and clawing and getting bitten. Yeah, uh, sounds like high school all over again. Oh, yeah, exactly. We still remember our high school years. <laughs> you do. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, but on purpose. <laughs> so female bats, well, they give birth while they're hanging upside down. And the way that they give birth is actually quite fascinating. They catch their baby in their wings as it drops. Wow. That's adaptation. It is. And, well, she needs good hand-eye coordination. Uh, she only has one baby a year, and it's called a pup. Well, you know, a newborn Chinese water deer, speaking of born, can be held in the palm of your hand. Now, this is an actual deer, but it is the, the Chinese... I always said those Chinese are small, you know? <laughs> And that concludes Animal, 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 Crazy Animal. On the Totally Useless Information Podcast. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. And we thank you for tuning in as usual. Hit the subscribe button. That's your assignment. You've downloaded us. Thank you very much. You've done something useful. Yeah. You've downloaded us. We thank you for that. But here's a fun fact to kind of keep you busy. Mm. Banging your head against the wall burns 150 calories an hour. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people do that. What the hell is that about? <laughs> while, while they're listening to this podcast. So you, you know what's really great? No, this is cool. We can help you out. You can burn calories, listen to this podcast, and, and burn 150 calories per hour by banging your head against the wall. That, to me... I don't think we can help many people out, Nick, to be honest. <laughs> That's quite useful. Hit the useful button. Uh-huh. Every time you hear useful information on the Totally Useless podcast, uh, you'll hear that sounder. You may never hear that sounder ever again. <laughs> I'm going to do my teaser. 
Okay. What's strange about months that begin on a Sunday? Any month that begins on a Sunday will have a Friday the 13th. Oh. And do you know what Friday the 13th is about? It's an unlucky day, right? It is, of course. Well, it's an unlucky day because that's the day that the Knights Templars were rounded up and murdered and killed by the King of Spain. So that's why it's unlucky. It was unlucky for them, clearly. <laughs> it was, yes, exactly. I'm kind of hungry, aren't you? I'm very hungry. Hey, everybody. Come and get it. Your weekly sweet and savory facts with your five-star Michelin chefs of totally useless information, Nick and Roy. Come and get it! You want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. What do you got in the food cupboard there? I love this one. I do food from around the world. Yes, this one is from Japan. In Tokyo, Japan, there is an amusement park, and they sell a crowd favorite. People get online for the good old raw horse flesh ice cream. What? Whoa, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's the flavor of ice cream? Raw? They, they get online, they get up to the counter, and they go, Oh, hustle. I like a, a raw a horse flesh ice cream. Raw horse flesh. My gosh. Yeah. Can can I have that with sprinkles? I guess. I guess you. I, I, I don't know what they'd be sprinkling on it. Twix, the beautiful, fabulous, popular candy bar Twix, was once called Raider, R-A-I-D-E-R, in mostly in Europe for many, many years until they changed the name. In Finland and Norway and Sweden, it was named, it was called Raider. But the international brand was named Twix. And the name Twix is derived from the Twin Biscuit Sticks. You want to know something funny? I was in Aruba one time, and of course that's a Dutch island, and they had Raider candy bars. It was a red package. It said Raider on it. It was. I remember seeing it, which was pretty cool. Now that, now that you said that, I remember it. We all um, love to eat. Spam. Spam. I don't know if there's many people out there that have tried it and survived to talk about it. But yes, people do actually eat spam. And it is an actual acronym for the word of what it is. It is short for spiced ham. So they put the word spiced ham together and they figured just say spam. I thought it was short for I have no money and I don't care what I put into my body. <laughs> they used to call it that, but they couldn't fit it all on the can, so they just shortened it. Yeah. <laughs> they were thinking, should we call it spam or death? <laughs> yeah, true. Which is why when you get spam in your inbox on your email, exactly. it, it's disgusting, usually. You get rid of it. And But speaking of, e- of emails, we have no spam. We are spam-free emails. We will not spam you. If you email us, typodcast at outlook.com, we will thank you for that. Now, I'm sure in your can of Spam, there's lots of salt, lots of salt to preserve the meat. So there's this big controversy, sea salt versus natural salt. Mm. Sea salt, most people believe, is healthier, is lower in sodium, and it's the better alternative to table salt. Well, they've done some research, but sprinkling sea salt on your roasted vegetables instead of table salt is exactly the same. They both have 40% percent 
sodium by weight, according to the American Heart Association. So it's all the same. So sprinkle away. Okay, so let's give all the morons out there a little lesson. If it's called salt, it's salt. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Speaking of girlfriends, olive oil. <laughs> not Popeye's girlfriend. No, no, no. The actual yeah, oil yeah. itself is usually really not olive oil. Most people, in fact, 70% of olive oil that's sold on the market has very little olive oil and more of a blend of cheaper oils. So, folks, this is a useful tip. Next time you buy olive oil, you better read the label. So, there you go. That was quite useful, too. That was a back-to-back, non-stop, commercial-free, useful information. <laughs> Salt and olive oil. <laughs> uh, Gatorade. We love Gatorade. It quenches your thirst, doesn't it? Yes. Used by Mostly used by athletes, but a lot of people who work out. Clearly not us, if you've seen our picture, uh, the cartoon picture on the Totally Useless Information podcast uh, homepage, which is on the YouTube channel, by the way. Uh, the concoction of water, salt, and sugar was originally made by the University of Florida's physicians to combat fatigue amongst the players of the football team. They were suffering from exhaustion, even though they drank lots of water. Despite drinking all that water, they still didn't, you guessed it, urinate. And the name of the football team... The Florida Gators. Anyone that heard that, I'm going to say something. Chomp, chomp, chomp. And if you're a Gator, you know exactly what that means. My son went to the University of Florida. That He did his undergrad. He is a Gator for life, and so am I. <laughs> so, awesome. Way to go. I've got one last one for you. Okay. Radishes. Little radish, the red radish are in the same family as the cabbage. How the hell is that? No sense. No, it makes no sense at all. No. If you had breakfast this morning, mm -hmm. or any morning, you probably had English muffins. And if you had Thomas's English muffin, it was invented by a gentleman by the name of Samuel Bath Thomas, it, which is it, why he has his name on the English muffin. If you had Thomas's English muffin, why don't you just give it back instead of eating it? No, no, he gave me permission. He was originally, he was a British expat, and he, he emigrated to New York City in 1874, and he had his own bakery, and that's where he invented what he called toaster crumpets. Now, what was different from his recipe, it did not include baking soda. Therefore, when the muffin was split in two, you get those two halves of the wonderful nooks and crannies. Love Thomas's English muffins. Me too. They're really good. Folks, this is the type of stuff you're going to learn on this show. And if you don't think it's important, you go to your next party, and I guarantee you're going to use something from this show. And people write us all the time. They email us all the time and say, I used what you said about this, 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 and this. So I'm telling you, listen to this show. <laughs> week after week after week. The kitchen is now closed. Join us next time on the Totally Useless Information Podcast for more sweet and savory morsels of useless food information. See you real soon! You're listening to the Totally Useless Information Podcast. Now, one of my favorite subjects in school, as it was yours when we went to school to New York City. Einstein was a moron. Newton was a jerk. 
nothing is science, science, science. Science, science, science. <laughs> that was great. That, that, that should be nominated for something. Uh, yes, yeah, something. <laughs> so if you have a pearl and you wish to dissolve it for whatever reason, I have a way to, there's a solution for you. A 5% solution of acetic acid, which is what's basically white vinegar that you find in the supermarket today, it will take 24 to 36 hours to dissolve that pearl that will weigh approximately one gram. The process leaves a small amount of a translucent gel-like material on the surface. So yes, for those people who said you cannot dissolve a pearl in vinegar, there you go. The science is there to prove it. Yes, you can. Wow. Uh, you can do that with marriages, too. You just throw a whole bunch of vinegar on your wife and dissolve it. <laughs> when helium is chilled to zero degrees, it becomes a liquid. Now, that's cool, no pun intended. But even more cool is it flows against gravity. Now, think about this. When helium is a gas, what does it do? We fill balloons and they float up. Well, when mm -hmm. it becomes a liquid, it doesn't flow down towards gravity. It actually flows in the opposite direction, just like when it's a gas. That's pretty cool. Way to go, helium. Way to go. Yes, helium. Thank you. Here's something scientific that's wonderful. If you have a, a can of Diet Coke and you put that Diet Coke in water, it will float. You say, well, what's the big deal? But if you take a regular can of Coke and you put it in the same uh, bucket of water, it will sink to the bottom. Now, you can ask any Coca-Cola company employees. They'll swear up and down. They do not know the ingredients of the drinks, but we know one thing for sure. The amount of sugar in regular Coke makes it so dense that it drops to the bottom of the bucket where the Diet Coke can will float. That's why they call it a light beverage. Yes. <laughs> Fifth, listen to this one now. The known universe is made up of 50 billion galaxies. We now know that because we did that panoramic scan of the entire universe. 50 billion galaxies. Now, that's just galaxies. Just think about this one. The Milky Way alone may have as many as 100 billion Earth-like planets. This, these numbers are so astronomical at this point that scientists Literally. don't... Ha! Astronomical! Yes. I mean, it's just... I, I gave this fact because I was just blown away by 50 billion galaxies. Like he used to say, billions and billions and billions. For sure, there has to be other life forms on those other... With all those billions and other Earth-like planets, there's got to be life out there i'm hoping they all look like heidi klum <laughs> yes they will clone they like to clone heidi klum <laughs> the stomach acid that you have in your tummy the acid is strong enough to dissolve stainless steel now we all know that your stomach digests food and but it contains highly corrosive hydrochloric acid with a ph of two to three which is quite high the acid attacks your stomach lining, in fact. Not only does it digest your food, but it does attack the stomach lining. The lining still needs to be replaced continually, and your stomach does it, and it literally renews itself every four days. An amazing fact about your stomach. You know, 
for people listening right now, where is Nick getting this stuff from? Urinating on monkey feet, dissolving pearls in vinegar. Now he's vomiting onto stainless steel for some reason. Okay. Here's here's a normal one, folks. (laughs) 97% of water on our planet has salt. And we all know salt is salt. (laughs) Yes. Okay, but 97% of water has salt or saline in it. 2% of water on our planet is frozen on either polar ice cap. So if you do your math properly, that leaves 1% of water. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So with all that, only 1% of water. Okay, well, no wonder I'm thirsty and I'm parched. Mm-hmm. And you go, and that's the end of our science segment. Einstein was a moron. Newton was a jerk. He equals nothing in science, science, science. Catchy. Mm-hmm. On the Totally Useless Information Podcast. People are insane. <laughs> they do. They're insane, and, and we thank you for it. We're just as insane as you are. Yeah. So one of the emails that I got, and actually, you know what? We have a song for that. We always do. What's in the mailbag? What's in the mail? This comes from Phil from Philadelphia. (laughs) All right, Philip from Philadelphia. He says, love your show. We really listen every week, and uh, my wife and I try to stump each other with what information that we find out on your podcast. So thank you very much, Phil, and um, maybe you and your wife should, you know, play other games. I don't know. Uh, I've heard, he writes, I've heard that it is illegal to spit in public in Malaysia and Singapore. Mm. Is this true? So I called my uh, Malaysian and my Singaporean friends and asked them, Uh, you could be fined for spitting on the sidewalk, right? Well, they said, yes, you can. In fact, if, you, if you're found guilty under the act, you'll be fined 20 euros, which is about $22 U.S. or $30 Canadian. In Singapore, they recently fined a spitter 430 euros, mm-hmm. so a lot more money, mm-hmm. and jailed him for five weeks must, for spitting. Must have had a lot of spit. <laughs> Not only does the spitting law protect the cleanliness of the city, it promotes good hygiene, and it also promotes manners for citizens. So do not spit while you're in Malaysia or Singapore. Phil from Philadelphia, Phil. thank you very much for your email. Phil, Phil, Singapore and Malaysia are filled with monkeys who are urinating on their hands and feet, and you're worried about people spitting. Phil. <laughs> All right, that was interesting, though, Phil. Thank you. We we don't make fun of anybody sending us questions because, honestly, I have two of them today. I have okay. from Elaine from Canada. I'll take the Canadian one. Okay. And she says, is it true that the continents are moving away from each other? Well, I don't know about Toronto, Canada. Where you're from, Elaine, because that may be staying put. I don't know. No, no, I'm joking. (laughs) They have been measuring for years and years. They've been measuring the distance between London, England, and Manhattan. Okay? And every year, it's drifting 11 inches further away every year. So basically, every year, it drifts a foot away. So let's just say they've been doing this for 20 years. 20 feet away from where it originally was when they first started measuring it. So, yes, 
the continents are shifting, albeit slowly, and we're not sure if it's continents or just the fact that England's an island, so who knows, that might be just floating away on Manhattan. God only knows what's happening in Manhattan. That's a zoo. So that could be <laughs> But yes, yes, Elaine, they are, fl- they are moving apart. Way to go. Well, thank you for that, Elaine. Thank you very much. You said you had one more from the mailbag. I do. I do. And this one's from Helen. Helen is from the United States. She's from Connecticut. And Helen Hello, says, Helen. what is the, she fears being tickled by feathers. Hmm. Now, Helen, I don't normally like to get involved in people's sexual escapades, but you interest me. <laughs> no, but but honestly, she says that she has this fear, this phobia of being tickled and and by feathers she put in there. And yes, it is an actual phobia. It Good. is called pedoranophobia, pedoranophobia. And it is the fear of being tickled by feathers. So Helen, you ask and you receive... And I'm busting open a pillow right now, so stay away from me, you crazy woman. <laughs> Thank you very much for your email. And everyone out there, please contact us, Podcast at Outlook.com. What's in the mailbag? What's in the mail? On Monday, November 11th, Nick and Roy of the Totally Useless Information Podcast will set aside their comedy to air a very special podcast dedicated to the memory of fallen soldiers of both the United States and Canada. The November 11th special podcast will feature Nick and Roy getting totally serious as they discuss fascinating facts about the armed forces in Canada and the United States. Discover the real stories behind the national anthems of both countries and the differences between the terms half-mast and half staff. The podcast will enlighten you as Nick and Roy pay tribute to the young men and women who serve their country and continue to serve to this day. It is also a tribute to those who made the ultimate sacrifice on the battlefield. It's the November 11th special podcast with Nick and Roy, Monday, November 11th, available on all your favorite podcast platforms and on the Nick and Roy channel on YouTube. Where do expressions come from? I don't know where, I don't know where. Where do expressions come from? We want to know right now. On the Totally Useless Information Podcast, every day we hear expressions. We ask, where did that come from? Mm. It came straight from the horse's mouth. <laughs> it did, did it? That sounds like an expression you're about to tell me about. It is. I mean, come on, straight from the horse's mouth. We've heard that a million times. Uh And yes, you can tell a horse is aged by its teeth. So when people were buying horses, they would look inside the horse's mouth, see if there was gum disease. They'd know that the horse didn't eat properly. They could tell how old the horse was by the size of their teeth and so on. So yes, they'd say, oh, I bought bought this horse because I really like this horse and it's a good horse and I got it straight from the horse's mouth. There you go. But stay away from the ice cream stand in Japan. (laughs) Here's an expression, green with envy. Green with envy. Long ago, the Greeks associated a green complexion 
with sickness and fear and jealousy. And it was simply from an overproduction of bile in the stomach, which gives us a clear image of the origination of the expression. So people actually turned green. Therefore, the expression became popular. They were green with envy. Wow. Cool. See? That's a cool one. And that one sounds like people from Cuckoo Land. You're cuckoo, and you're from Cuckoo Land. Well, yes, the birds was um, a Greek dramatist named um, Aristophanes from in 448 BC in a play called The Birds. He said that the birds built a city called Cloud Cuckoo Land where all the crazy people went. And so from that point forward, from before Christ, people would say, you crazy people need to go to Cuckoo Land. I like that one. You know what their favorite cereal out there was? Cocoa Puffs? Because <laughs> they cuckoo for it. Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> no, that's not true. I made that up. Hey, what is a snafu? You've heard that. There was a big snafu. Ooh. It's an acronym, actually. It originated as a military phrase because soldiers were told to report to their superior officers using phrases like, situation normal. They, they couldn't talk normally, right? They had to say it. Situation normal, sir. A snafu <laughs> is an acronym for situation normal all fouled up. It's actually another word, but this is how we're going to keep it clean. Situation normal all fouled up. It is a phrase used to describe less than desirable scenario than what is deemed to be the norm in any given environment. Snafu, situation normal all fouled up. So it was a way of cursing to the superior without actually cursing. Right, exactly. What a dumb luck. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, what about spinning a yarn, which is also spinning a story? Spinning a yarn, you would think it has something to do with ladies knitting or something like that. Yeah. No, yeah. it doesn't. When sailors got to the port, their job wasn't over. They were still working. They're sailors. That's what they do. So they weren't able to just leave. They had to keep working. So they made new ropes to replace the broken ones that they had lost during the voyage. It was time-consuming, twisting and spinning the ropes together to make thicker rope. And so it, being that it was time-consuming, they would tell stories. And most of the time, they would exaggerate and tell stories that were not really true but exaggerated. So they'd say, what are you, spinning a yarn? Maybe they bit off more than they can chew. Biting off more than you can <laughs> chew. America in the 1800s saw a lot of people chewing tobacco. Sometimes the chewer put more tobacco in their mouth than they could chew, leading to some awkward backpedaling because they really couldn't talk properly. So biting off more than you can chew, putting more chewing tobacco than your mouth can handle. Well, I got one more. Okay, and it's got to do with ropes again to know the ropes when somebody says oh that guy knows the ropes some people think it has something to do with boxing and so on no again same thing with sailors these sailors and the ropes this was a real life lesson but knowing the ropes meant that sailor knew how to tie the knots and pull the ropes to get the sails up properly and when he did they'd say that sailor knows the ropes there you go. He's able to get it up. No problem. <laughs> to boot, 
how he was able to get yeah. it up to boot. <laughs> this term has nothing to do with footwear. The boot no. is thought to be derived from the earlier meaning bat or good or useful. So that the root of that word turned out to be better. So to boot is a derivation of the word bat, meaning good. So to boot is when something gets better. To boot. Ah, oh, you know... We're all done. Where do expressions come from? I don't know where, I don't know where. Where do expressions come from? We want to know right now. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode of the Totally Useless Information Podcast. Remember, if you're on YouTube on the Nick and Roy channel, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. Nick, tell us what we got coming up. Coming up on Monday, November 11th, we have a very special podcast for you. Oh, that's right. The November 11th special podcast. Nick and I will be getting totally serious. There's no joking around for this one. We're going to pay tribute to all the men and women who have given the ultimate sacrifice, our veterans. So, in the meantime, tell a friend about the trend. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening. 